Please uh, take your Bibles and uh, turn to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. And as you're turning there and as we provide the choir an opportunity to come down, let me just share with you uh, sort of where we'll be going in our messages in the uh, new year. Uh, The next two weeks uh, after this Sunday, I'll be preaching and teaching on the filling of the Holy Spirit. And then the last Sunday in January will be Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, which is an annual event, not only in the life of our church, but uh, tens of thousands of churches around the country. And we'll have the staff of uh, Sound Choices Pregnancy Center with us uh, to share and give a wonderful report about how God is uh, using that ministry to see little ones saved, uh, to discover and uh, walk in their God-given destiny and see individuals come to know Jesus for their lives never to be the same again. And then next month, I'll begin a verse-by-verse study through the book of Philippians. So I would encourage you to begin uh, reading the book of Philippians. It's just a little uh, book of four chapters, and you can easily and uh, read through the entire book in just uh, one uh, reading, and I would just encourage you to begin doing that to get familiar uh, with what is there. Of course, we uh, come to the uh, Lord's Supper uh, this morning, and in my ministry, I've always emphasized that there are five biblical aspects uh, to celebrating the Lord's Supper. And since this is our first observance of the Lord's Supper in the new year, uh, I thought it would be good uh, to remind ourselves of these five biblical truths. And so the first one is we are to remember. We are to remember that Jesus, what He accomplished for us in His past death, burial, and resurrection and partake with celebrating hearts. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Look at verses 23, 24, and 25. Apostle Paul wrote, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So as we come to the Lord's Supper, we are to remember what Jesus accomplished for us through His past death, burial, and resurrection. And as a result of remembering that, we come with what? Celebrating hearts. uh, As we celebrate His grace and mercy uh, in our lives. Of course, when we uh, share in the Lord's Supper, there are two elements. And the first element is what? The bread. And what does the bread represent? The body of Christ. The body of Jesus that was crucified as a substitute for your sins. When Jesus established the Lord's Supper, uh, the Apostle Paul said he made this statement, this is my body which is what? For you. Everything Jesus did, he did for you. And what did he do for you? Well, let me just remind you. Isaiah 53, verses 5 and 6. He was pierced through for your transgressions. He was crushed 
for our iniquities. He took the punishment we deserved, and by His scourging, we are healed. All of us, all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord calls what? The iniquity of us all to fall on him. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, it says, And he, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds we are healed. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He, God, made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. And He Himself, Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. And then 1 John 4.10, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation literally means a sacrifice designed to turn away the wrath of an offended deity. Never forget, sin offends a holy God. Never forget, as a result of sin, we have become the target of God's wrath, doomed to eternal punishment in hell. Why was Jesus crucified? To make propitiation for your sin. Jesus took the punishment you deserved. As He suffered and died on that cross... He experienced the full measure of His Father's wrath so that you and I this morning can enjoy the full measure of His Father's love. What amazing, amazing grace. Now, the second element in the Lord's Supper is what? Is, of course, the juice, the cup, and it represents what? The blood of Christ. Blood is synonymous in the Bible with life. In Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, we read, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. In contrast, the shedding of blood represents death. Therefore, the blood of Christ speaks of His death on the cross that not only canceled out your sin debt, but also deposited into your account all the righteousness of Christ. To secure you a relationship with the holy God. And notice it says Jesus said this cup is the new covenant in my blood. The Greek preposition translated in can also be translated at the cost of. Jesus was saying this cup, this juice symbolizes the new relationship I have with you which cost me my blood. 
In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, we read, Remember, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. In this one verse, we discover what we were before God saved us. We were without Christ, without a home, without promises, without hope, without God. But in the very next verse, we discover what God did for us. Verse 13 reads, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We must never forget what it cost Jesus to bridge the great gulf that existed between God and man. And Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. To remember what Jesus did for us is to come to this table with what? Celebrating hearts. How can you not celebrate when you focus on that amazing grace and mercy. Here's the second aspect of the Lord's Supper. We are also to redirect our focus to the future return of Jesus and partake with confident hearts. Look at verse 26 of 1 Corinthians 11. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Let me illustrate it this way. During World War II, uh, the French underground were well aware of their limitations as they, as they challenged their Nazi conquerors. They knew they could not overthrow their oppressors, but they had hope. What was their hope? They had the hope that there was an invasion force gathering across the English Channel. And they knew in an hour that not one of them knew that invasion force would flood the shores of France, join up with their ragtag army, and lead them to victory. And they knew when that day came, all that they had fought for, all that they had suffered for would be worth it all. That they would not have labored in vain. Now, folks, in the same way, we are up against a powerful adversary in the devil. It often appears in this world that we're up against insurmountable odds, but we have hope. And what is our hope? There is an invasion force gathering on the other side. And though no, not one of us knows the day or the hour, there is coming a day when that force will come led by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, when He will re-enter history and gain the victory. And His people will be on the winning side. And when that day comes, when that day comes, we will understand it was worth it all. That our labor was not in vain. So we come to this Lord's table with our eyes fixed on the soon coming return of Jesus, which gives us confidence to face the trials and the sufferings and adversities of today.
Here's the third truth about the Lord's Supper. We are to refresh ourselves in Jesus as a present reality and partake with committed hearts. Uh, Turn over to chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 10, look at verse 16. It says, Is not the cup of blessing which we share a sharing in the blood of Jesus? Or that could be translated a participation in the blood of Christ. Is not the bread which we break a sharing or a participation in the body of Christ? Now listen, beloved. What good is it to remember all that Jesus did for you in the past and to look forward to to all that He's going to do for you in the future if it has no impact on you today. The most wonderful, precious truth about the Lord's Supper is that all that Christ is and all that He possesses is yours now. It's yours for the taking. It's yours for the eating. It's yours for the appropriating. He saved you to make your heart, His home. And He simply desires unrestricted access to your heart, total abandonment, total surrender. Why? So He can share with you His life and His love. And so we come to the Lord's table with committed, surrendered hearts in order to what? To taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. That the Lord is good. Fourth truth. We are to re-examine our lives in the light of God's holiness. And we're to partake with what? Clean hearts. Go back to 1 Corinthians 11. Look at verse 27. It says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of our Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep, literally have died. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord, in order that we may not be condemned along with the world. Let me put this in very simple language. The Lord's Supper is a celebration. It's a celebration of who Jesus is and what He did for us through His suffering and death on the cross. Therefore, how can you come to the Lord's Supper and entertain in your heart the sin that Jesus suffered and died for. To do so is to make a mockery of this table. This is why God said, let a man examine himself before he dares eat of this bread or drink of this cup. In other words, before you come to the Lord's table, you need to what? You need to wash up. You need to wash up. James Chapter 4, verse 8, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You need to make sure that as you partake, there is nothing between you and God, nothing between you and another person that you have not sought to make right as far as it is possible with you. Proverbs 
28 verse 13 says it all. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. Will find compassion. So this is a time to be honest, to be transparent before God. To come into the light of His holiness and look up to God and say, God, search me and try me. See if there be any evil or hurtful way in me. I love that verse in 1 John says, if we walk in the light, as Jesus is in the light, what? The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And walking in the light just means to walk in truth, in authenticity, in honesty, not hiding, not concealing. And then the fifth and the last precious truth about the Lord's Supper is we are to renew our relationships with one another and therefore partake with caring hearts. Look back at chapter 10 again and look at verse 17. Since there is one bread... We who are many are one body, for we all partake of one bread. In other words, the love that reconciles us to God is the same love that reconciles us to one another. If God has accepted you as His son or His daughter, then how can I not accept you as my brother and sister? It is just that simple. Therefore, when we come to the Lord's table, it reminds us we're one family. We have the same Heavenly Father, the same Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. And therefore, we're to demonstrate a love for one another that is greater than our differences. We're to demonstrate a unity in the midst of diversity. And that's why at the conclusion of the Lord's Supper here at Edgewood, we always provide opportunity for the family to minister to one another, to express appreciation, to encourage, to pray for one another. So would you bow your heads just for a moment before we go into the Lord's Supper? Let me just remind you of these five truths and you just reflect for a moment. We are to remember what Jesus accomplished for us in His past death, burial, and resurrection and partake with celebrating hearts. Would you just take a moment to remember that Jesus was pierced for your transgressions, that Jesus was crushed for your iniquities, that Jesus took the punishment you deserved, and by His suffering, by His death, you have been saved, delivered, sin debt canceled, righteousness imputed to you, to give you, just, rejo- just take a moment just to thank God, just to celebrate that grace and mercy. And then we're not only to look to the past, what He did, but to the future. His future coming, His return, and partake with confident hearts. Would you just thank Him right now that He is coming again? But would you also acknowledge that when He comes, it will be a time of accounting on how we lived our lives for Him. It will be a time of reward. And just pray that God will give you the grace to live in light of His coming and to live for eternal reward and not earthly treasure.
And then as we come to the table, we're to realize Jesus is here. He's present. He's the host. All that he is, all that he possesses, is yours. And it's as if he's reaching his arms out to you, his child, and saying, come, taste and see that I am good. And as I've shared with you many times before, whatever you need, he is. He is the ultimate answer in your life for all things. And so would you rejoice right now in the fact that Jesus is right here. That you are now his temple. He dwells within you. And all that he is, all that he possesses is yours. And then we're to re-examine our lives in the light of his holiness. Would you right now pray to God, God, search me and try me. God, point out anything in my life that is not pleasing to you? Would you point out any place in my life that I'm not right with another person, that I need to seek to make it right as far as it's possible with me? And then if he points something out, confess it, forsake it. If it's another person, right now, you commit at your earliest opportunity to do what you need to do in terms of building a bridge, in terms of offering forgiveness, in terms of reconciliation. And then ask God to open your eyes to see the lesson that we have in the Lord's Supper concerning unity and family. Because we all partake of the same bread. We're all at the same table. And that God would give us a love greater than our differences. And God would give, give us caring hearts for one another. Because Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. Father, as we partake of the Lord's Supper now, bless. Lord, as we prayed at the opening of this service, open our eyes to see our beautiful, glorious, majestic host. And may we truly taste and see that he is good. Amen. Let me ask our elders, uh, deacons, to go ahead and take their places as we uh, prepare to uh, serve the Lord's Supper. As uh, the Apostle Paul wrote on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he did take the bread. And he says, after he had given thanks, he said, this is my body, given what for you. And then, of course, after the supper, he took the cup. And he said, this is the cup that represents my blood, that cut that new covenant that secures your pardon, that secures your salvation. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. So let's begin uh, enjoying the Lord's Supper right now, coming with celebrative hearts, 
confident hearts, committed hearts, cleansed hearts, and caring hearts. And the deacons at each of the pews, they will signal you when it's time for your row to come. And you'll come to the station in front of your set of pews. They'll serve you the Lord's Supper. Then you'd return the opposite direction. So let's worship. You can join Andy and the praise team in uh, praising, worshiping, uh, but let's all respond and celebrate our Lord's goodness. Amen. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, it is our tradition here in the Edgewood family to conclude the Lord's Supper with uh, providing the church family an opportunity uh, to encourage one another, to pray for one another, to express appreciation. In just a moment, I'll give you the freedom to literally stand up and move about and to do exactly that. This will also serve as our invitation if anyone has a decision they would like to come forward and to express to me. I'll be remaining here to greet you, to welcome you. I would like to do one thing before we start that ministering time. If you are active military, would you please stand? And remain standing just for a moment. If you're active military, come on, guys, don't, women, ladies. Okay, any of your spouses with you, stand. Uh, okay, look around. When we have this caring time, you show your love for these folks and uh, your appreciation uh, for the sacrifice. How about uh, civil servants? We have any policemen, firefighters with us? I know we have some in our church. They must not be here. Oh, there. Paul's there. Uh, your wife there? Stand up, Lois. So, uh, as we go into this time, you show your love. And again, you can express appreciation to anyone and show encouragement and prayers for those you know struggling. We'll just take a few more minutes and then I'll conclude the service. I'd ask you not to leave at this time. This, we believe this is a vital part of this Lord's Supper service. And so we'll conclude in about three or four minutes. But right now I do give you the freedom to stand up and go about and just express love and appreciation and encouragement to one another. Amen. Let me have your attention just a moment. You just remain right where you are. And when we conclude the service, you can continue your fellowship. Uh, I do want to mention one thing. We had one of our young men. Where's Sam? Sam, Sam, where's Sam? Sam's here somewhere. I just spoke to him. Anyway, there he is. There's Sam. Uh, Sam is going into the Army. He'll be going to basic at Fort Jackson. And he's newly uh, been married not that long. And uh, while he's in basic, his wife should deliver uh, their first baby. And so he's just asking for prayer for them. That's Sam and Sam and Elizabeth. Well, again, uh, remember the uh, small group home fellowships uh, this evening. Again, a one at 5.30, youth at 5.30, but for the adults, the small group home fellowships, nothing in the sanctuary uh, tonight. So uh, bow with me in prayer, and after I pray, you are dismissed, but continue the fellowship. Father, thank you for this uh, glorious uh, Lord's Supper service, and thank you for your glorious, amazing love and mercy And may we now experience that mercy, walk worthy of it, and share it with others. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.